Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. I know you're paying attention to global events. Wars bubbling up everywhere. Countries are buying and hoarding mass amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our heads in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. Look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a 1,000 at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. Can you feel it in the air on a Friday? It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and it is the Ask Dr. Jesse version of the Jesse Kelly Show, as we do every single Friday. It's, look, I can't make you many promises today, except you're going to have fun. But you're going to have fun after the history story today. We'll get to that in a moment. Your Ask Dr. Jesse questions are so good. Patriotism. Somebody wants to know, is it patriotism 
Are we losing our religion? What is it? What is the main thing? Someone else wants to know why Germany lost World War II. Another guy thinks it's about about to pop off the Civil War if these leftist DAs keep throwing the book at people on the right and not people on the left. I I have offensive comments for all of these subjects, don't worry, and many, many more. But first, and remember, I don't do this very often. And I always do a show you can listen to with your kids. Today's show will not be an exception to that up to a point. And what I mean by that is this. It's going to be a very heavy, very dark history story today before we get into all kinds of fun-ass Dr. Jesse stuff. And I'm not going to try to lighten this story up. I'm going to give it to you directly. It is. We are going to be talking about violence against women and kids. And it's just one of the darkest stories I've ever read. I do this story. I'm going to try to do it once a year because I think it's that important. I think it is that important for people to know. But it is tough. It is going to be tough. So, as you know, I don't, I don't need you to go turn the, the, the radio off. But if you have small kids who aren't quite ready to handle this, just you've been warned, okay? I, I, if you fast forward through the first 45 minutes to an hour of the show, I will understand today. That's if you do it on podcast. If you're one of our great affiliates and you're listening to this live, well, you're stuck, aren't you? 1942 in Poland. The situation on the ground, just an overall 30,000-foot view situation on the ground in Europe was this. If it's 1942 and you, you don't know anything about World War II, how it ends, you don't know anything else, you're just, it's 1942 and you're given a, a situation report for how things are on the ground. Okay, you have the Allies, they're doing this, and America's doing this, and Britain's doing this, and Germany's doing that. You're probably betting on Germany to win the war. Uh, this was about the year it kind of turned. I mean, depending on what time in 1942, but up up to this point, all you've really seen is, wait a minute, so Germany, okay, they took Poland, I get that. Oh, wow. They took France, really? Oh, geez, okay, I didn't see that. All right. Wait a minute, they're invading the Soviet Union? That's insane. Oh, oh, they're wiping out entire Soviet armies and a huge Soviet army. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And then you're looking at the Pacific, and Japan has really taken the lead up to this point in the war. They have this huge perimeter of defense, all these islands fortified. Anytime that there's been any pushback, people have been losing. Right now, this is, this is the final year. The Axis is looking good. Really, by the end of this, it's, it's pretty much over for them. But you're not... You're not sure where to bet. I'll put it to you that way if you're betting on a winner and a loser if you're given that war. And part of that process was, well, Germany, when you've taken over this much stuff, and you're looking around, too, at all the stuff you have, you're going to start preemptively turning the places you've taken over into the type of places you would like to live in. And 
it, it is, it's, it's just so twisted when you deal with somebody like Adolf Hitler. And I should say, it's a quick side note. It's so weird how many people think you have to, you know, virtue signal and act how, act like you hate Adolf Hitler so much. When look, you could just hate him normally because he's a freaking demon. But there's, I see this so much out there. It's so weird. Oh, Hitler was the worst. Yeah, I know Hitler was really bad. We get it. You're being a little, you're being a little dramatic. I, I got it. But really, he was obviously the worst and evil. But he was so committed to this racial thing. This was not just something he talked about to gain power. Lots of people use race to gain power. You see that in America today. That's, that's not abnormal. He was absolutely committed. He wanted these Jews gone. And he had taken over places like Poland. And they still had a huge war effort going on. And so th- this was Hitler's basic plan at this point in time. Yes, he had these concentration camps in various places. Lots of the concentration camps, at least the early ones, were, I mean, don't get me wrong, the, the treatment was in just unbelievable, and Jews were dying all the time, but lots of them were considered to be work camps. You wanted something done. You really wanted the men. You wanted the Jewish men there because men are stronger and can work harder, and you're going to work them to death. They're slave labor to you, but you're getting something out of it. So he's still 1942. He's killing lots of Jews. Don't get me wrong. Killing them everywhere. But it's more of a herding process at this time. He's herding Jews all over Poland into ghettos, into portions of a city. And Warsaw isn't the only time, the only place this happened. This happened everywhere. You take all the Jews in an area. You take one rundown corner of a city. It was always the worst corner of a city. And you stuff all the Jews in there so it's way overcrowded. And then they would build huge walls. I mean, you can go look at them. It's something people don't think about. They build these huge walls. It looks like something out of a, a, a science fiction movie. They just have walled off streets. Nope, Jews aren't allowed out of here. You're, you have to stay in this ghetto. And the conditions in these ghettos were unspeakable. Because there wasn't enough food. There wasn't enough there weren't enough medical supplies. You can watch documentaries and I have about stories where people will die and you, you can't there's no way to facilitate getting rid of the dead, but you can't let them stay there. So you would just take your dead loved ones and just go throw them out on the sidewalk. And they would have carts going around every day. It's awful. I mean just awful stuff. And and their clothes, because people were freezing to death and the clothes are worth money. You would, uh, your relative, think about this, your relatives, they die, you have to chuck them out on the sidewalk like yesterday's trash and steal their clothes because you need it for your family to eat. So that's the condition on the ground in the ghettos. We are not necessarily early in the war at a position of death camps. Now, they were still dying in the camps, but they weren't, they weren't at this point committed to just exterminating 6 million. They wanted to kill most of them, but whatever. But let's work them first. And, and they're still kind of working on this half, well, maybe we can deport them mindset. They just doesn't want the Jews and his, and his empire that he thinks he's building. All right, so 1942. You've taken over Poland, if you're Germany. And the way militaries work, and of course the Germans were no different, the way militaries work is... I know you're going to find this shocking. You put your best troops doing the toughest, most dangerous missions, and you put your worst troops in areas where they aren't that important. Well, Poland in 1942 for Germany was not that important. It was conquered. It was taken over. We have moved on. We're over there killing all the Jews in in Russia now. 
And so what are you going to do? You can't, you can't leave the area unoccupied. There are still resistance forces going on everywhere. You need people to try to manage the Jews. You're building trains, trucking them to death camps, herding them into ghettos. But you don't, you don't need your crack troops for this. Your crack troops have to be taking on the Red Army and the Soviet Union, right? So what they did was they found reservists. Specifically, what we're talking about today is Nazi Reserve Police Battalion 101. Who were these guys? Well, they were you. I'll explain in a second. Radio Revolution, Jesse Kelly. Here's a review from Carrie B. Love my thunderstorms. I ordered two, and I cannot begin to express my delight. My condo smells fresh every day. Really has made a tremendous difference with my allergies. I highly recommend this product. It's not just me. People are talking about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. This thing is awesome. It uses sonic technology that produces what they call super oxygen. It purifies the air. This thing kills, it's, it's not just good for allergies, you know that, right? This thing kills viruses. This thing kills bacteria. It kills and prevents the spread of mold and fungus and mildew anywhere in your home. We're not even just talking about allergies. Go, go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the code word JESSE when you do that. Code word JESSE. That actually gets you 10 bucks off. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. It is a tough job being Jesse the Oracle Kelly, but nevertheless, here on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, I will tackle the tough issues after this very, very rough history story we're going through today. Somebody wants me to rank these five bands, The Doors, Leonard Skinner, Rolling Stone, Aerosmith, and Black Sabbath. Somebody wants to know, is America, is the problem patriotism or religion? And many, many, many other great Ask Dr. Jesse questions. You can still send in yours. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Oh, it's going to be a great day. Let's get back into our story. Again, just a warning. This is heavy. It is ugly. It is dark. It is necessary. I will do this show at least. I'm going to try to start doing it once a year. I will, just like I did this time, give you a warning ahead of time, a a day or two prior and on the day of, because this one may be a little much if the kids are too young or if you're the squeamish type. But it's necessary. We are not going to be the people who hide from reality. Nazis have control of Poland. It's 1942. Poland is peaceful, but you're still having to handle the Jews. 
you're you're killing them. Yes, don't get me wrong. They're killing them by the thousand, but they're it's not a mass extermination effort at this point. It's a let's corral them all into ghettos and work camps effort at this point. And they start to decide they're going to start being more aggressive with this whole thing. Well, who do you have in Poland? Who are your troops? They're not your shock troops, your best troops. You're going to take your worst troops. They had reservists. You know, just like today, National Guard, one weekend a month, two weeks out of the year. Those guys are fine. That's fine. But those are not your best troops. My goodness, you have other other units out there, full-time units, wake up and eat, sleep, and train 365 days a year. And then the guy comes in one weekend a month. Who do you think is your good troops? Well, the Nazis had Reserve Police Battalion 101. Just know this was 500 men. And who were they? They were you. They were me. These were not young 18, 19-year-old Germans ready to die for for the Fuhrer and the fatherland. These were middle-aged married dudes with careers back home. Some of them owned shops. Some of them were farmers. Some of them, they were just, they were you and me. Job held down. You're in the German Army Reserves. This crazy new freaking guy who's in charge is declaring war. Okay, I guess... Honey, did you, I got the letter in the mail. I guess I'm being called up. We're gonna, I don't know what we're going to do. Oh, wow, we're invading a lot of stuff. I wonder where we're going to end up. What's that? We have to go to Poland? I mean, okay. What, what, are you, what are we doing here? Oh, just monitoring some Jews and stuff? Okay, whatever. That's, these were not card-carrying Nazis. They were not. They were just dudes like you or me. Well, they get word one day. They get word that they're to go to a village called Josephau. What are they supposed to do there? Well, this came as quite a shock to these men. Because, again, these are just reserve policemen. Their, their job is just watching out for things. There would be a, a guard or a, a base somewhere, nothing else. They get word they're supposed to go to this village called Josephau, Jewish village, They're supposed to take all the men out of there and march them off for slave labor. Okay, no big deal. And they get told they are to kill all the old people, all the women, and all the children. Now remember this. These guys are you and me. They look around just like you and I would do right away and say, wait, what? Kill women and children? What are you talking about? What? What do you mean, kill women and children? The commander of this unit, Major Trapp, wept, was sick to his stomach about it. He said, wait, what? I don't like this. This is, we can't. But you're in the military. You've been given an order from the high command to go kill all these people. Major Trapp is so against going in and killing these Jews that he lines up his 500 men and tells them, we have to go kill all these Jews. Men are getting marched off, women and kids and old people. We're going to go execute them today. And anybody who doesn't want to do this, who doesn't feel right about doing this, you are allowed totally free right now to step up and not go. Who doesn't want to go? 500 men stand there in formation in line. 500 men. How many do you think stepped forward and said, I don't want to go murder kids that day? 
10. 10 men. And I don't want you to think, because we have all these interviews with these guys after, I don't want you to think the 490 men were standing there and looking at each other saying, oh, nice, I can't wait to shoot some women today. Oh, it's going to be so fun to kill kids. If you believe these interviews after, and most people do because they all say the same thing, the men were in anguish, absolute anguish. Like I said, these are not nutbags, did not want to do this at all. But when it came time to get on the trucks and head on into Josephow, 490 men grabbed their rifles and got on those trucks to walk into, to, to ride into Josephow. Right off the bat, they round up the men. Unsurprisingly, they wanted the men gone first. They round up the men and begin to march the men off. That's going to be important in a second. They're marching the men off. Then they're starting to clear out the town. And I want want to put you here for a second. Clearing out a town. Picture a small village, okay? If you're yelling, you're going to come in, bullhorns, screaming, get out in the town square, get out of your home, you have to get out now, and you're grabbing the men and hauling them off. Different people in that town are going to react in different ways. Different people are going to move at different paces based on how fast they want to move, based on their physical ability. We're already seeing some shooting at this point in time. You, old lady, you're not moving fast enough, pow, you're dead. And the people in the village are seeing this because this is done up close and personal. So now they're getting more and more scared. They don't know what's coming. They haven't experienced anything like this up to this point. You and I, with 2020 hindsight, are probably sitting here going, no, these guys are Nazis. What? Now, obviously, these guys hated Nazis. The Jews did, but they didn't know we were going for mass extermination right now. So people are hauling out. People are screaming. Kids are crying. Think about this moment. I know it's hard. Think about the moment your kid is holding onto your leg saying, Mom, I don't want to go. Who are these men? What does that feel like? And if you're one of the executioners, if you're one of these middle-aged family men in Reserve Police Battalion 101, what are you thinking, wife, couple, kids back home, not a card-carrying Nazi, and you're looking at a young mother, maybe a kid, maybe two kids, holding on to her, crying. The men were not doing well mentally. The men of Reserve Police Battalion, they were not doing well at all. Men had, men had started already approaching their commanders. Major Trapp, the guy in charge of the unit, he didn't even go into Josephow. He stayed out. Supposedly he sat in a building and wept. So the other men in charge... They were getting starting to get approached now by some of those 490 guys who didn't volunteer earlier but really wanted to. And these guys are saying, uh, do you think I could maybe go do something else? I don't want to do any of the shooting. I don't feel comfortable doing this. Can you uh, – uh, uh, you need someone to guard the trucks, right? I'll guard the trucks or you need somebody to stay back. And they are letting some of them out of that. Some of them appear to be threatened though. No, do your duty or you'll get shot with the Jews. What happened next? Well, buckle up. And don't forget, we have Lee Smith coming up next hour. Hang on. Jake's 
mint chew is how you're going to quit dipping. I know what you're going through. I know what it's like to get to that point in your life where you're thinking about it and you're saying to yourself, oh, man, I got to quit. That's a tough place to be because you know what's, what lays ahead of you It's going to be rough. Jake's Mint Chew is going to make it easier. Just take it from me. I, I tried the stupid patch. I tried bubble gum, sunflower seeds. That really worked out well. Nothing worked. Jake's Mint Chew, what it does, it allows you to keep dipping. Only you're not putting anything in your mouth that's bad for you because it's tobacco-free and it's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. Go find out what I'm talking about. Go to jakesmintchew.com. I highly recommend you check out the CBD pouches, by the way. jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE at checkout for 20% off. It is the Jesse Kelly Show today, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Don't forget, you can find me on social media. I'm on Twitter, at jessekellydc, on Twitter and Instagram. I'm on Facebook, and I'm on Locals. That's the one I can't be kicked off of. All right, back to our heavy, heavy story before we go into your great and sometimes heavy Ask Dr. Jesse questions today. The men have been rounded up in the Polish village of Josephow. They're marching off. The men of Police Reserve Battalion 101, they gather up, men, or they gather up the women and kids. Many of the elderly are shot because they move too slow, so many of them are just flat out shot in the village. It's funny, they did interviews with these guys after, and they couldn't hardly find anyone who admitted to shooting an old person in the village or one of the kids later on. Nevertheless, they start loading these people up in groups into trucks. And one of the things, one of the things that we've talked, we've talked about this before, one of the things that made Germany so terrible with what they did in World War II was frankly how good they were at it. Remember, ideologically, I mean, on the evil scale, there's no difference between a a card-carrying Nazi and a member of ISIS. Nevertheless, you'll forget about ISIS in about 15 minutes from now, and we'll still be talking about Nazi Germany 100 years from now. Why? The Germans were better at it. They wanted to kill all the people in this village. The Germans don't just show up and say, well, all right, I guess we'll kill some people. The Germans showed up, and they, of course, had a system in place. They wanted them taken to separate locations so as not to scare them too badly. Okay, so we're going to take 10, 20 Jews over here. And then, Franz, we need you to take another 10, 20 Jews at least three miles this way so they can't see the dead bodies on your way as you're driving them over there. They take them out. Keep in mind, as I described, many of the men didn't want to do this. Many are being asked to not have to do this. Some of them even hid out in the town where they had just cleared. You know, just, uh, I have to go back in this building, boss, and then never come back out and sit there and hope it all goes away. They are taught the best way to shoot them. 
put them on their knees. They wanted the bayonet in the, in the shoulder blades and then shoot them. They thought it would be an instant death and not as messy. We'll get to that in a moment. Again, this is heavy, but it mattered a lot. The men are assigned a Jew per man. And we are talking women and kids. Most didn't admit to doing the children. Some, though, some, though, openly admitted that's what they preferred. Now, what, why, would you, why would you prefer? They asked him. You want to know what he said? Said he considered it an act of mercy because the child wasn't going to have parents anymore. Now they start shooting. These are not again, this is these are you and me. It's just normal middle-aged dudes, family. They've never done this before. These guys have never seen combat. Almost none of them had ever seen combat. These guys have never fired their weapons in anger, and now you're executing women and children. So these are not hardened men. Some of them Their hands are shaking so badly, they're half missing with their shots and wounding the people they're shooting terribly. Some of them are closing their eyes and missing completely. Some are hitting places on the body they shouldn't be hitting. I'm not going to go into any more details on that. And it's making a big mess. The reason I bring that up is that's freaking out everyone else who's there. Picture this horrible moment. Now, you want to talk about horrible moments? Remember the men of the village who got rounded up and marched off? They're starting to hear this in the distance, this shooting, and they're knowing what's happening to their women, their kids. Think how that feels. Your wife and kids rounded up, taken off. You're getting marched off, and you hear shooting in the distance. Some of the men simply collapsed with with anguish, with anguish. Now, here's where you get to another interesting part of the human mind. Some of the men freak out and can't handle it. They do, many of the men, it seems like, do one or two, and they're just done. Their nerves are shot. They can't do it. One guy's out wandering around the forest by himself, scared, and he didn't know what he was scared of. He just couldn't handle it anymore. Some, though, some take right to it. Some pick it up quickly. And the ones who pick it up quickly are encouraging others to pick it up quickly. When the day's done, all the Jews are dead. They go back to the barracks that night, and they are a mess, an absolute mess. Apparently, they got just trashed drunk. They wouldn't hardly eat anything but trying to cover up that pain. Smoking cigarettes and hammering booze. But they weren't done. They just didn't know it yet. They were quickly called to a village called Lamazi, where they shot all the old people on sight. Anyone moving too slow? This time, the German high command promised them, hey, we're sorry we made you do all that by yourself that time. We're going to bring in help. And let's pause here for a moment. The German high command, again, they were so diabolically evil and planned about it. It's what made them terrible. Many of the German troops fighting for Germany in World War II were just German troops, young patriotic Germans fighting for their country. Germany knew it didn't have an entire society of murdering anti-Semitic monsters. 
So that's why they had things like the Einsatzgruppen. The Einsatzgruppen was a separate unit of Nazi murderers that was attached to every military unit. So you send your Marines, Army in, hey, take this location. Oh, good. All right, you guys can move off now. The Einsatzgruppen is going to secure the location once you're gone. And they come in and handle doing the murder. You see what I mean? The German high command knew that some men were for this and some men were very much not for this. And they knew that this last event at Josephal was tough on their guys. So they said, hey, we, we have help coming your way. There were these guys called the Hewees. They were Soviet Ukrainian POWs, but they had a knack for murder and a desire for murder. They bring the Hewees in to help with this next village. Only this time the men start drinking before the shooting even begins. They start digging mass graves in this place. Three straight walls on one side and then a ramp on the other side. They march 1,700 Jews out to this spot, and they repeat what they did last time. I'm going to spare you most of the details. I think one event is all all the details I need to give you on that. It's a bloody, disgusting mess, but one thing you need to take from this second place is it was easier the second time. Some men the second time enjoyed it. Many did not. Some were starting to enjoy this whole thing. Now, this keeps happening and keeps happening. One of the main jobs now of Reserve Police Battalion is emptying those Jewish ghettos we talked about in the beginning, emptying them out. How do you empty them out? Well, you lead them down to the trains and you train them off to newer concentration camps, places like Treblinka. Now, all concentration camps were not the same. Now, don't get me wrong, they were all horrible, murderous disasters, but like I said, early in the war, many of the concentration camps, while there was still a lot of mass death there, they were really work camps. Germany was trying to supplement its economy with the Jewish slave labor. Places like Treblinka, they were not work camps. We are now advancing to a point in the war, they're death camps. How's that go? We'll finish up this story, and then it's time for some fun Ask Dr. Jesse questions. Hang on. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. I don't ever have to worry about my gear. Well, let me clarify. I don't ever have to worry about my gear failing. I worry about my gear all the time, as in I'm always buying new stuff from Northwest Retention Systems. But one thing I know, and I've seen this. I want you to understand I've seen this up close. I know it was up close because it was on my hip. I've seen... The drawing of a weapon, the holster staying on the weapon, and the belt clip staying on the belt. That's right. When it mattered most, the holster failed. Don't ever experience that in a situation that can cost you your life. You 
Take the time to carry concealed. So carry concealed with the right custom-made American gear at Northwest Retention Systems. Go to nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE for 10% off. Jesse Kelly show, man. I promise it's about to lighten up considerably here once we get through this story. Look, we have to get through this story. All right. We have to. We're going to talk to Lee Smith in just a little bit. He is going to talk to us about Russiagate and why Russiagate is so important to what you're seeing now. You know, Lee Smith is that great author. He's also a columnist for the Epic Times. Why Russiagate matters so much. So I want you to pay attention to that. Remember, the FBI used bad information to get a warrant to spy on an American citizen. Lee Smith has some info for us. That's coming up about 40 minutes from now. And you're asked Dr. Jesse questions as I, as I finish up my story here about Reserve Police Battalion 101. Treblinka is now up and running. Treblinka, it's not even really fair to call it a concentration camp. It's a death camp. It was made for death. That's the one purpose it had, death. And Jewish producer Chris and I were talking about this during the break of, uh, I don't understand why, why kill everyone now? Like, why is it just mass death now, no matter what? And honestly, that, that's one of, if not the most evil thing I've ever heard of before. From what I gather, from what I can get from it, from the stuff I read and, and stuff I watch on it, it just seemed like it was, uh, hey, I think we're going to lose the war anyway. Let's make sure we kill all the Jews on the way out type thing, which is so evil. It's hard for somebody to wrap their mind around. You know I'm a bad person, right? I mean, we've gone over this. I, I'm a sociopath, and even I look at that, and it's just it almost makes me sick with horror. How could you be that evil? But that's how they were. Well, how were these Jews getting out of the ghettos and onto the trains and off to the death camps? The men of Reserve Police Battalion 101. They were rounding them up in mass, throwing them on trains and sending them to their death. And don't think for one moment the men didn't know Treblinka was a death camp. We have those interviews too. They absolutely knew they were sending men, women, and children off to their death. In case you were curious, no, they're not done with the shootings personally. Now they are regularly shooting Jews. It's not affecting anyone anymore. They're completely dispassionate about it. Town after town, ghetto after ghetto, they're clearing them out, shooting many, loading the rest onto trains. And these guys, remember about 15 minutes ago when they were just you and me? Well, now these guys are mass murderers. One Polish region, they liquidated with their firearms over 30,000. This 500-man unit, do you know how many Jews they personally killed? 500 men. 83,000. Do the math on that. 
Major Trapp, in case you're wondering. He was the guy in the beginning who was against all this and crying, but obviously ended up participating like everyone else. Got to earn that paycheck, right? Got to follow orders. He and another guy were found guilty after the war and executed for war crimes trials. A couple other guys did small stints in prison for the most part, though. These 500 men waltzed right back into German society and put on that accountant uniform, worked for that law office, ran that small business candy shop up the road, and lived the rest of their days that way. Chris said till Mossad found them. I have no doubt Mossad found some of these guys. I have no doubt about that. The lesson from this is this. And again, thanks for staying with me. I know this is a bit darker and this is heavy and terrible. And I wanted to express how terrible it was without bathing in it. I mean, I really could have gone into more detail, especially about the second stuff. But I just, you don't need that. You, you get the picture of it. What you need to take from this today, this is not a World War II story. This is not even a story about Germany or Nazis. It's not a story about Jews. This is a story about human nature. These were ordinary men, which is why the book is titled Ordinary Men. And, you know, I've recommended it a thousand times on this show. Allow me to recommend it again. And I don't have, I mean, I don't have some special relationship with the author or any of this stuff like that. It's just the best book on human nature I've ever read in my life. I want you to understand something and understand it very well. Don't. Think for a second as you look around at the thin veneer of civilization around you, as they call it. Don't think for a second. The people in this country, in your own country, are incapable of doing the worst things in the history of the world just because they're American or just because they seem, quote, normal or ordinary. This is what men will do. Men who are in charge, men who have power over other men, do terrible things regularly to other men. When I give you these warnings all the time about tyranny, this is why I warn about it, because this is what it looks like on the other end of it. Hang on. Your daughter doesn't want to talk about why her room is a horrible mess. Your son doesn't want to talk about why he's wearing mismatching socks. Your spouse doesn't want to talk about their bad haircut. Families don't have to talk about everything, but they should talk to plan for an emergency. Pack basic supplies in a go bag, water, canned food, flashlights, batteries, medical supplies, IDs, and some cash. Talk about where you'll meet in case you lose one another. And of course, don't forget to pack the dog treats. Talk to your family and make an emergency plan. Go to nyc.gov slash readyny or call 311 to make your family's emergency plan. Brought to you by New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council.
It is the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Do not, do not make the mistake of thinking men like Reserve Police Battalion 101 are monsters. They are, don't get me wrong, but they're men. Flesh and blood and fingers and toes and heart and hair men, just like you, just like me, just like that neighbor of yours. This is human nature, and it's ugliest. Let us resolve to make sure that never happens here. We have fun questions now. Let's lighten it up and have some fun on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Kelly show Newton group transfer. They are here to help you. If you're stuck in a timeshare, these stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them. They're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl She got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE or go to timesharejesse.com. Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.